You are listening to Move With Radiance with Stephanie Dankelson, a podcast all about redefining your relationship to exercise, food, and your body by learning how to first redefine the relationship with yourself. Are you ready to discover your inner truth, your inner radiance? Because there is a more freeing way to be fit. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Move with Radiance. I am so excited you all are here. Happy holiday week. Hope you had a great fourth. Um, I'm actually recording this on the fourth, and my apartment is really close to our main street, and there's a parade happening right now. So (laughs) if there's any background noise, I'm like shoved in a corner of my bedroom hoping that (laughs) I'm kind of blocking it out, but Apologies in advance. Just, I guess we'll just embrace the celebration of the fourth, whatever. <laughs> but today I'm doing a solo episode. Um, I have, well, well, I guess we'll preface this in a couple of ways. Um, I have an episode I'm wanting to release next week, and I felt it would probably be appropriate if I talked a little bit more about my story because it's something I haven't talked about yet on the podcast prior to releasing that episode. And I talk a little bit about, you know, what I went through and stuff, but I figured it would just probably be good to go into full detail about it um, today so that next week's episode makes a little bit more sense. Um before we dig into that, I wanted to, and this kind of ties it all in a little bit, but I wanted to talk about an experience that I had this week. Um, as many of you know, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, I am doing a 10-month coaching program with um, a, a company called Hungry for Happiness, and I'm obsessed, you guys. I seriously cannot wait to bring you all of this knowledge um, and it's so cool because my goal and my purpose with everything I'm doing is to help help you heal the relationship you have with food and exercise in your body. But the thing that I really want to preface and focus on and dig deep into and really hammer home is that our relationship to those things actually has nothing to do with those things. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of it comes from this inner work that we need to be focusing on because it all comes back to our behaviors and what we're engaging in because we're not dealing with the internal stuff. And that's how I've like, I was really excited about this program because that was something I healed prior. I did a lot of internal work, which then helped me heal my relationship. And so when I heard about Hungry for Happiness and the way that she approaches everything, I was like, holy shit, like that's how I've healed. Because it has nothing to do with the food and the exercise and everything to do with what I'm not actually working on or not actually dealing with or not actually facing head on. And so doing this work you know, it's crazy because there were a lot of things I thought I had healed, but in fact, like it has not even, I haven't even really scratched the surface. And so I'm doing so much work and it's leading to me. I mean, it's just so cool because this journey of personal development is never over. We're always practicing and improving, um, and digging deeper and finding new things. And 
I wanted to just talk about experience I had this week. And again, a lot of the work that I'm doing right now is um, stuff that I will be using in my coaching. So um, just keep that in mind for when I do start taking clients for this specific type of coaching. If, if this resonates with you, keep me in mind for the next couple of months. <laughs> um, I will be taking free clients um, sometime within this pro- program. Um, anywho, we this week have been talking about anger and as well as like setting boundaries and then how to take a responsibility for our emotionality. And um, anger, if we look at it in two ways, there's anger and then there's aggression. And anger is the emotion that we all feel. It's completely natural and it's, it's a part of the human experience to feel anger. Aggression, however, is when we take that anger and outwardly express it either physically or verbally towards somebody else. And so that's the piece we want to be avoiding. But sometimes that just happens when we're not dealing with the anger as that emotion comes up. And so um, a practice that she has had us um, engage in this week is expressing our anger in a healthy way because it has to. We have to (laughs) feel that emotion. We have to let that emotion out. It's not meant to fester within us. Like That's something that we have to outwardly release. And so she talks about, and she is Samantha who runs this program. She talks about anger in two different ways. We can either express it like verbally, or we can express it physically and just kind of understanding what is, what works for us as individuals, because we express it differently. I am a physical person. And so the practice that she, in this exercise she had us do was um, either you scream into a pillow or a towel as lo- like as long as loud as you can, or you like buy a pool noodle and hit your bed with it or punch pillows or whatever. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so like starting to do this, I'm like, I'm not really angry. And as I started punching this pillow, <laughs> something flipped inside of me to where for 20 minutes, I just released this anger physically and destroyed my bed. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. I've been waking up with this sense of like, and it, I'm, I'm guessing this all has to come back to not, um, to, to like suppressing my anger when it came to losing my job last year. I think I still had a lot of anger around that. And so for the past year, I've been waking up with this really like, like horrible anxiety and tightness in my chest. And um, I haven't been sleeping super great. And it's, it's been going on for about a year. Um, and I think it's coming, f- it's, it's like has come from not fully expressing my anger around the events that occurred a year ago. And when I gave myself the space to just let that anger out, I'm not, I like the next day and even still today, it's been a few days, I've been waking up without anxiety. I've been sleeping through the night. Um, I've had this lightness and airiness about myself that I haven't felt in a long time. And it's almost like this ball of energy, negative energy within my body was just trapped and causing blockages and it just needed to be released. And it was just such a cool experience. And this kind of ties into everything I want to talk about today, which is um, like numbing mechanisms and suppressing our emotions and the different ways we do that. Because what I'm learning is 
if we suppress, if we don't deal with things as they come up, it's going to fester. It's either going to show up in a way of like sickness, or for me, it was this, this pit of anxiety, um, or it's just going to express itself in a way that we don't want it to, you know, whether that's aggression towards someone else or through food or through exercise or through, um, drinking, which is the biggest piece I'm going to dig into today. Um, all of these mechanisms that we're using to just not feel our emotions. Um, so point of that story and kind of a segue into my main topic for today is try it. Um, find a safe place for you to let out this anger. Um, even if you don't feel angry, it's you've probably been suppressing anger or releasing it in a non-healthy way for a long time. So to allow yourself permission to just feel and experience this, this emotion in a healthy way is, is such an incredible experience. Like I will tell everyone for the rest of my life to do this exercise because of the lightness and airiness and freedom that I feel following that experience. Um, so try it, whether that, you know, and figure out what works for you, whether that's punching a pillow or screaming into a towel or something, let yourself release because it's so important for growth. And it's so important for just to make room for other things. And just to understand that like all of our emotions are completely human, completely natural, completely necessary and learning how to deal with them in a healthy way rather than either suppressing or um, turning to other things to fill that void or to deal with them, um, which can then lead to unhealthy behaviors and unhealthy patterns that, again, just don't lead us anywhere. So today I want to talk about my, something I haven't talked about yet, my experience with drinking. And just again, like this whole topic of numbing mechanisms and things that we turn to in order to just not deal with the things that we, the things that are naturally coming up for us in our everyday lives. So I guess we'll just kind of, I'll tell a little bit of my trajectory, right? Like my path and my story. Um, I've definitely been the person throughout my life to suppress. Um, I associated any other emotion besides happiness as like, I associated that with like a bad thing or like that, that was not good, um, for a long time. And even still today, you know, I noticed these perfectionism tendencies. And so in order for me to come off as this person who had their shit together, who, you know, got straight A's, who had the perfect relationships, who had the perfect body, like all of these things, I didn't want to deal with any other emotion that didn't reflect this image I had in my head. And so for me, that meant suppression. I suppressed everything. Um, I, you know, and as I'm doing this work now, I'm realizing, you know, a lot of the reasons why I had had suppressed certain emotions is because I had a certain association with them. You know, for me expressing anger, which in my head, um, wasn't like this, this exercise, you know, in a healthy way, anger for me was, I associated that with aggression. And so, um, I thought it was a bad thing because, anger for me was aggression. So I didn't want to express that. So I suppressed it. Um, and what I've learned is that a lot of the mechanisms I was using to suppress, um, was like 
instead of actually dealing with the emotion, I was turning to other things to not deal with the emotion. For a long time, that was my obsession with food and exercise. Of course, that went deeper, but in the end, it was like my it was way of it was a way of me externally handling my feelings of not being good enough, which again, like so many emotions come into that. But I wasn't dealing I wasn't dealing with the emotions or the root issue of um, not feeling good enough. So I was fixing that or trying to fix that through my external obsession with food, exercise, and my body. Um, When I started healing that relationship, it would turn into other things, Um, drinking, you know, uh, Netflix, um, obsession with my relationships. So it was like, rather than learning how to deal with the root cause of all of it, I was externally seeking or externally turning to things that I thought would fix it, if that makes sense. (laughs) Again, this work goes so deep, so it's really hard to explain it as like kind of a overview because all of these things can go so much deeper, but just for the sake of simplicity, we'll just keep it, you know, I'll try and keep it uh, simple. (laughs) So it went from this obsession with food and exercise and my body to um, turning to alcohol to numb my feelings, to numb the hardships of what I was going through. And I think in college, you know, that's a pretty, a pretty normal thing to do, right? Like you're surrounded by peers who are also drinking, who are also partying, and um, you don't really think twice about it because I'm using air quotes, everyone else is doing it. Um, when I graduated college, I moved to a new state. I didn't know anybody. I was starting a new job. Um, I was I've talked about this before, but I was going, I was kind of leading my life with this fear of, of not seeming intelligent or not seeming like I knew what I was doing. And so, um, when I moved and started my, my full-time job and was struggling big time with it, I was so afraid to ask for help because I didn't want to seem like I didn't know what I was doing. And the reality of the situation was I should have asked for help. You know, I should have sat down with my boss and have been like, I, I don't, you know, I need some more guidance. I need some more help with this. But because I was so afraid of seeming like I was coming off as unintelligent or not knowing what I was doing, I, I buried my struggles and those feelings with alcohol. And it's kind of different, I think, when you're coming out of school where it's just happening all of the time to where now I'm living by myself and, you know, buying a bottle of wine every night, you know, it turned from having a glass or two to pretty much drinking the whole bottle every single day. And at the time, I think you don't necessarily realize that it's maybe an issue because, again, like coming out of, you know, this whole binge drinking mentality from school, it's just like, well, that's kind of just what you do. Um, and as the years went on, I noticed more and more that I was turning to alcohol to numb my feelings. And I was turning to partying or going out with people as a way to not deal with the situation that I was dealing with. I used it as an excuse of it's a way to like let go. It's a way to, you know, loosen up. 
I am more outgoing. I'm less awkward. I relied so much on alcohol to be this thing that fixed me or made me better or whatever. I don't, I was, I was just using it looking back, you know, now seeing everything as a way to just not deal. It was my escape. And when I went through a really, really, really hard breakup, um, back in 2015, I, that summer was probably my, one of my lowest of lows. Um, I would pretty much black out every time I drank. Um, this is, this is hard. (laughs) This is hard to talk about. Um, because you, it's hard to not look back and feel ashamed. Um, and you know, there's always the feelings of, of being judged in this way, but I know it's such an important, crucial part of my story and that we need to look at these things from a place of love and acceptance. Otherwise, there's no way we can move on. You know, the, removing the shame around all of this stuff is so crucial in our growth and healing. So I'm going to keep sharing. <laughs> um, I made a lot of not so great decisions with men. Um, I think there was some obsession there as well with needing validation and needing to be seen as good enough or, um, wanted. So again, I think alcohol was sort of that mask for me to be able to like, um, a little bit more, Alcohol was my way of giving myself permission, I guess, you know, because some of the decisions I made um, under the influence are not necessarily decisions I would have made sober. Um, And, you know, I would drink during the week and go to work hungover. Um, It never got to a point where you know, you hear all of these stories of, you know, people becoming sober because they woke up in a ditch and they, you know, or they drove, drove drunk and got, you know, woke up in jail or whatever. And, you know, none of those things ever happened to me. It was never to the point of like, holy shit, I have a problem. Um, I think it just one, one day I, kind of woke up and was like, I don't know if this is for me anymore. And that I think was in beginning of 2016 is when I started thinking like, maybe my habits need to change. Um, and so I experimented with cutting back. Um, I had this really deep knowing that, um, alcohol wasn't for me. It was sort of this like all or nothing mentality where, you know, I would have a beer and then be like, okay, that's all I'm going to have. And then the next day I wake up and be like, fuck what happened last night. You know, um, I couldn't ever really have just one. (laughs) Um, I always thought about, it was like, I would be at dinner and 
someone would get a glass of wine and then I would get a glass of wine and would finish it really fast and they would still be sipping. And I'm like, should I get another glass? Are they going to think, you know, like, well, should I have more? Should I have not? Like, what are they going to think if I get another glass? How are they only halfway done? Like, it was this constant, like, obsession with it where I couldn't understand how people could just sip on a glass of wine because I was constantly thinking I wanted another glass or I don't know. There was this, it it was so distracting. (laughs) And when I was, you know, again, like experimenting with giving it up, I would go periods with none. And then same thing, I would have one and then end up having seven drinks. And um, I think, when was it? So I was really inspired. So right around 2000, the end of 2016, beginning of 2000, I'm getting my years mixed up, but there was a period of time where I started really listening to, um, and digging into personal development. And there's a one podcast, um, Andrea Owen, my kick, your kick-ass life is her podcast and her business. She started having a, she started doing a series on her podcast called the recovery series, where she interviewed multiple women who have decided to lead a life of sobriety. And she's also been sober for um, quite a few years now. And I started listening to their stories. And of course, there's there's stories across the entire spectrum of, you know, I did wake up in a ditch and was like, holy shit, I need to start fixing this. <laughs> I need to do something about this. All the way to people with my similar story where it was just like, this is just not serving me anymore. And the more and more I started listening to that and the more stories I started to hear and the more work I did internally, I realized I... This is something I know deep down in my gut that it's just not serving me anymore. And maybe trying to not have alcohol for a while is something I should try. And so I think that was in January. So May of that year or March of that year, I decided to give it up. And I went until, so I guess, yeah, this was last year. So I went until July with no alcohol And um, my boyfriend and I were on this month-long road trip, and we were in Steamboat and with some friends at the Hot Springs. And so I was like, hey, you know, I could have a drink. And the next day, I mean, I didn't black out and do it overboard, but I just felt awful and was just like, what is the fucking point, you know? And when we moved to Park City, I again was like, oh, I can just, I can have some drinks. And again, went through this whole back and forth of like the next day, never once was I like, oh, I'm glad I did that. I was always like my, the way my body felt to me was just not worth it. And in November, there was one weekend where I was like, I'm fucking done. Like this, I'm done. And so I have not had a drink since November. And it's what, July, yeah, July, July 4th. <laughs> um, and I haven't looked back. It's just been one of those things where I just knew it was something I needed to do. And my whole goal with this is, one, I want to talk about what's happened since I've given it up. But two, to change this, this association we have with the word sobriety. Because I do think there's a really negative vibe around that word and that maybe a lot of people don't choose to live a life of sobriety because of the the negative things people attach to that word you know like oh she must have had a real problem or 
you know, whatever else people think with the, with that specific word. But for me, again, like there wasn't ever a rock bottom in terms of like, I almost died or, you know, something like that. It was just a series of events that have led me to understand that this is something that just does not serve me in my life anymore. And through that experience, through giving up alcohol, I've learned a couple of things. Um, one, you know, it was really hard at first to be at like a, a conference for work or a party with friends or out to dinner. And um, I had a lot of stories around the person I was in, in a, in, like as sober in a, a place like that. You know, I associated myself with being awkward and not ha- being able to have conversations and um, that I needed a drink to loosen up and be fun. So that was something I had to work on head on, you know, was changing my story around that and, and what I wanted to believe. And I had an event last week for work, stayed completely sober throughout the entire thing. And I didn't need a drink to have conversations or to be funny or to have a good time. And that was a really cool experience. Um, I've been working on it for several months, but I think, you know, that was the first time where it hit me like, wow, like I don't need alcohol to be the person that I want to be. Um, I've also learned that I can't just run to a bottle of wine when something hard happens in my life. Like I have to, it's been a really great lesson in actually feeling my emotions um, and actually dealing with the problem as it comes up rather than suppressing it with alcohol, which has then led to tremendous growth in many areas of my life, but also a lot of eye-opening realizations of like, huh, maybe I do need to sit with that a little bit more and really unpackage, you know, where that comes from or, or just deal with the emotion itself, you know, let it pass through. So all of this to say, I want to start removing the shame around speaking about our hardships, one, because we all have stories. We all have things that we've struggled with. We've all done things that we're probably not super proud of, but learning how to look at those situations with love um, and trying to remove the shame from it so that we can move forward is so important. We cannot grow. We cannot move forward if we're constantly living in a place of shame, disappointment, and hatred. That does not work. We cannot shame or hate our way into growth and love. It doesn't work. So being able to take a step back and say, okay, I know we messed up, but I still love you. I still accept you. And we're going to move forward is such an incredible moving life-changing thing. So I wanted to, sh- to, to share that, like, you know, we don't have to feel shame around our past selves or past actions um, or our current actions, right? Um, but then too, to really express this importance of feeling our emotions and how much we have to just learn, we have to learn how to let those things pass through and sit with them. And we don't even have to get super curious. Like I think sometimes, and I know I've talked about this, but 
I think sometimes we do get too caught up in the why and where it's coming from rather than just like being like, well, I'm anxious right now or I'm angry. You know, it doesn't really matter where it's coming from. How can I sit with this emotion? How can I accept this emotion and let it pass through, let it run its course and move forward? How can I take emotional responsibility for the things that I'm feeling, right? Because if we deflect or blame or suppress or numb, it's, it's not, we're not dealing with the root issue or the root cause, and it's going to come back. You know, we've talked about this in several episodes. You know, what we what we suppress um, and what we don't deal with festers. It'll come back. It'll exit or release itself in a way that maybe we didn't intend it to. And you know, that might come out in the form of aggression. Um, that might come out in the way of of blame or um, deflecting or you know something that maybe we're not extremely, um, proud of, or some, like we're expressing it in a way that wasn't, um, intended. So <laughs> yeah, point of all of this is own, take, take responsibility for the, the choices and the emotions that you have experienced or are experiencing. Because in the end, no one else is responsible for our happiness. No one else is responsible for fixing us or taking care of us other than ourselves. And to be able to meet our needs internally ourselves and then let, letting everything else in our life be added value is such an amazing place to come from. Because now we don't need to rely on anyone or anything in our life to make us happy because we can meet all of those needs internally ourselves. And then everything else just becomes just extra. I mean, that like just a bonus. <laughs> um, and believe me, this is something we're working on in the program right now. I'm definitely not like fixed in this area. I never will be. I think this is something we'll constantly be working on, but the most important piece in personal development or in all of this is the awareness part and starting to take responsibility for the things that we're feeling and for our actions. And that is so empowering. We don't need to have the answers, but to have the awareness, then we can start doing something about it. Then we can start getting curious. Then we can start moving forward and healing and growing. And that's when we can start looking at our behaviors and saying, huh, looks like I'm meeting my need for significance or you know, I'm, I'm meeting specific needs through my food, through my exercise that maybe is not healthy. How can I start meeting my needs internally rather than externally? That's the, that's where the growth happens. That's the cool part. Um, so (laughs) I wanted to just share my story around my decision for sobriety, um, in preparation for next week's conversation with um, Nicole DeBoom, who's with Skirt Sports. She's the CEO of Skirt Sports. And she's recently, or not recently, but she's been on a journey of sobriety for quite a few years. And it's a really awesome conversation where we, it's, 
I think it, it turned less into like less of an interview and more of a conversation and just curiosity. So it's an interesting episode. It's a little bit different than the ones I've been doing typically. Um, she also has her own podcast. So I think she also flipped the interview on me a little bit. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to share this with you all prior so you have a little bit more of an understanding of where I'm coming from. Um, you hear a little bit more of my story and to just give you permission to find love in yourself, in your past actions, and also in your current emotions and that it's okay and it's human to have all of these emotions. It's just how we deal with them. Um, that can make all of the difference. So that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> I hope you all had, a, again, a wonderful holiday week and that you have a happy Thursday. Um, again, if, if you have any questions or want to talk about this, I please, um, please send me a, a message on Instagram. I'm at Stephanie Dankelson, or you can shoot me an email, hello at stephanie-dankelson.com. Um, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your story. If you just need a place to talk, I'm your ears. Um, you're not alone and just keep going. This, this, this work is hard, but it's so important. It's so necessary and it's so amazing. Like I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. So keep going. Um, uh, yeah. Have a great weekend and we will all chat soon. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening and for being here with me. If you want more resources, pop on over to www.stephanie-dankelson.com. And until next time, stay radiant.